Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. Welcome to the show. Today is Sunday, September 30th, 2012, and my name is Steve. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Hamilton and Curtis. Hammy, how are you tonight? I'm great, Stevie. What a week. What a week. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about it. I do have to say that for the first time ever, I think, I went to two movies this week, and I won't give reviews other than say I saw Looper, which was fantastic. Yeah, God, I've read great yeah. stuff about it. Uh, so good. And, um, and Hotel Transylvania, which was very, very entertaining. Take your kids. Um, and there you go. And, 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 I'm, and I watched a bunch of baseball, some great football, horrible golf. Um, <laughs> it was a good weekend. Very nice. All yeah. right. Curtis, how are you? Uh, very good. I, yeah, I, we didn't really do much this weekend. Um, watched a great Falcons come back and win, watched the Braves dominate again today, and watched the U.S. completely implode in the Ryder Cup. So, uh, very disappointing outcome with the golf. I don't know what happened with those guys, but they yeah. couldn't, couldn't close. Somehow Tiger Woods is the worst Ryder Cup player in the history of the world, and I can't figure that out. So if anybody's got any hints on that, please. I could take them. Tell your friends. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all I got. How about you, Stevie? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I uh, was at the uh, at the Braves game Friday night for the chipper thing, which we'll talk about. But my um, my wife and son went to the final game today. Some tickets fell into our lap. And uh, I needed to coach my six-year-old's baseball team to a crushing six, I'm sorry, 15-2 to two loss, so I couldn't go. Nice. Yeah, it was really, it was a lot of fun. And it rained. Um, awesome. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to bring up something that's even worse than movie reviews. The final tool race at the at the stadium today. You know, my, my wife and son told me about, you know, the, the drill never wins, right, for folks that don't get to games and listen to us from afar. Um but the drill won today, but, like, the bucket, which is the new tool this year, like... It's not really a tool. Yeah, well, I hear you. Um, okay. I mean, it's a travesty, right? Um, sure. Knocked down all the other tools, including the drill. So, like, the drill's not going to win today, right? But then Homer the Brave comes out. Unprecedented. Wow. Knocks, knocks down the bucket. The drill gets up and finally does win. I wish I had been there for that. Forget Chipper's final regular season home game. I know. And that's the show, folks. Thanks for <laughs> Thanks. listening. Go Braves. <laughs> Go Braves. So History. so no more no more tool race? Is it is it over? They're they're eighty six in the tool no, race? No, no, no. I'm just on the last tool race. Oh, of, of the, the year, season. Of the season oh, the God. drill wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Good for So did they, do they have like players that had known the drill? Were they like Featured in between innings, yeah, in between talking, innings talking, talking about, about the, the drill. drill. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. It was the drill's parents were there. It's nice. Were their, their radio announcers saying the drill should was celebrating too early? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
All right, everybody, before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or Stitcher so that you don't miss a show. Also, join the Atlanta Baseball Talk group on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk and check out our weekly blogs at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com. All right, guys, in tonight's show, we'll talk about the Chipper celebration during this final homestand, as well as Chipper's legacy in Atlanta. But first, guys, no more need for the wild card postseason hope meter because that job is done. And it was taken care of. We were right. Say again? We were right. We were right. That's right. My 647s actually came true. Um, and, And what a great way that it happened, right? Game one against the Marlins earlier this week. So it was so great in so many ways. Let's talk about it. Hammy, what, what were your impressions about that clincher? Well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll start with the obvious ones. Um, you know, and, it, and the much publicized uh, for Freddie, for Freddie Freeman, just to be able to, um, to wash, you know, to have the last at bat in such a mirror or polar opposite way of last year, the inning you know the season-ending double play, and this year the, the you know the season sort of clinching uh, home run in such a clutch situation, and also throw in there chip you know chipper being on base and and being the run. But I mean that was that was so great for me, and I think that hopefully um, that's a spark for Freddie in the postseason and beyond. Yeah, I mean, that was just that was that was awesome. Curtis, how about you? Well, th- this whole process i mean i you know i kind of the week kind of started with uh with the phillies if you will last sunday and and the fact that they were the ones that knocked us out and we effectively knocked them out this year and then you know you think back to last year with the omar infante hit that the dribbler that the way he hit the two-run homer is that right how did it yeah oh, infante hit the two-run homer but right before that chipper had lost that that bouncing yeah. ball in the lights yeah. and that almost was and Chipper said something, I think, after that game last year about that you could just tell the gods were against the Braves last year when that ends up being the culmination in that game. So it was nice to have it happen against the Marlins that, you know, that had happened last year. I felt bad for Mike Dunn. I, I know that I shouldn't, but that poor guy. I mean, I, I think back to Mike Dunn when he was playing for the Braves and was pitching and pitched really well for the Braves. And but game three, when Brooks Conrad couldn't field a ball, and and he ended up losing game three to the Giants in the in the playoffs that year. So like, there was a part of me that felt bad for him. But it was it was great. And I mean, obviously the Freddie Freeman stuff that Hamilton mentioned that he was the one that hit into the the double play that that got us out of the playoff picture last year. And for him to be the one to put us in, it was just it was magical. But you know, it was funny because. Um, it was it was just one of those games where it just seemed I guess you know with with Medlin starting that game didn't Medlin start that Mark game Mark Medlin right? started that yeah. game yeah yeah, and, yeah. And, and he gave up the home run late the kid that had never hit a professional home run and then he hits two off of Medlin and puts them up late in the game and there was a part of me and it was you know it's just one of those things but you, I was almost like well it's it's just it's well i mean you know let medlin lose a game and just get all that out of the way and yeah you know we're going to get this out of, we're going to win this game anyway but you know let that all that pressure of this continued winning streak with the starts and everything let's just get that out of the way before the playoffs and start fresh again and i you know it was like i was i was so comfortable that the braves were making the playoffs it was just not going to be an issue with me but for them to come back and win that game was just it was amazing yeah uh, you know and and taking care of all the 
let's clinch the wild card early and not backing in because of someone else's losses. But for the Braves to win and do it in such a demonstrative fashion like that. And Hammy, you know, you mentioned the fact that having Chipper on base, for Chipper to start it, and that sh- that scene, that moment, because I, I happened to be at that game. It was something that was like, you know, uh, I'd been invited like two months earlier. It was just sort of this lucky thing. Um, and we were like 20 rows up from third base. And, you know, I saw the ball start flying. I went and looked at Chipper. And that moment where Chipper, you know, sees it's going to go out and just raises his arm up before he starts yeah. running home. I mean, it was just—it was just more of the magical scripted stuff that's going on this year. Was there a big crowd there? It was a decent crowd. It was over twenty thousand. Um, oh. You know, and, and at the start of the night, it looked pretty empty. But by the time, um, you know, fifth, sixth inning, the 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 bottom of the stadium was pretty well filled up. So it was not—it was not Deadsville like a Tuesday night the last week of you know the season can be. Right. So yeah, the place went nuts, and just the that the big pile at home plate. I mean, it was just, it was fantastic. I, I just can't tell you how exciting it was in the stadium that night. All right, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, just fantastic. So let's keep with the wild card, and and um, one of the on-air guys at the Braves' flagship radio station here in Atlanta gave the team a hard time about celebrating their wild card berth Tuesday night. So, Kurt, let's start with you. Do you have any issue with the, the champagne and coming out on the field afterward and, you know, all that? No. I, you know, and I, I think that if, if this is the middle of the 90s or something like that, it, when the Braves were just doing it every year, I, I can understand that sentiment. Like, you've been there before. Let's not celebrate something because you have much bigger aspirations. But for the Braves to have gone through what they went through last year, and, you know, Jason Stark wrote an article about this. History doesn't stand on the side of teams that have great collapses like that. We, You know, we're going to talk about the comparison between the Red Sox. But, I mean, look at what happened with the Red Sox this year. They completely imploded. And for – there's a lot of young guys on this team, and – and for for them to get criticized for celebrating that, the clinching the wild card, I, I just I, I thought it was I thought it was ridiculous. And, and Chipper said it. You know, he's like, we get criticized back then for being too buttoned up and for being too serious, and now we're being criticized for being loose and, and celebrating and enjoying ourselves. It's like you can't have it both ways. Yeah, and Chipper's thing. It, it, it's funny because that night, like, I, you know, I immediately texted my wife. I was like, you know, s- 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 you know. Set, set, set the uh, set the um, whatever you call it. yeah the to to start recording the Betamax the Betamax to start recording the uh, the post game because I wanted to see it um, because it reminded me of the two thousands where I would pay particular attention each year to those post game celebrations to try to gauge how excited they seemed to try to think you know you know if if it would be telling about how they would do in the postseason. And that celebration Tuesday night was nothing like any celebration in the 2000s. I mean, to your point, Kurt, the young guys, but the veterans, too. I mean, that was a fired-up team that just clearly is behind everybody in that clubhouse and loves everybody in that clubhouse. That was an inspiring celebration, I thought, and it just got me even more pumped up for the postseason than I have been. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so... Like watching and Steve, you're absolutely right. Watching the Chipper 
interview in the clubhouse where, I mean, it, it, on a lot of levels. First of all, just what he said. He said that, you know, this was a – we have a lot of young guys, and this was a chance for us to either, you know, be victims and let it sort of happen to us yeah. or grab the bull by the horns, and we grab the bull by the horns, and this is – this means a lot for this team. And then – and Prado – pours the beer on his this sets and just pours the beer on his head oh that's cold yeah. and then he tries to talk some more and then like champagne gets poured and it's just like it's just like a human moment it was so great i watched that like five times over and over again it was such a fantastic moment and i think that if anything I, they should never be i think that getting in the postseason at the end of a baseball season i mean we saw it last year how you can never take that for granted you could i mean look at all these teams that have huge payrolls i mean look at the red sox right you can't and so i think you should never begrudge someone a celebration of we did it right and you know what maybe you set out to get to the world series and if you don't in the postseason is failure that's fine but i still think you need to celebrate along the way right and i think that it's totally worth it i think in any season you should never begrudge a team celebrating and being happy for um, for getting there in the postseason. And I also think that the the third thing, and we're going to talk about this, is Chipper. I mean, for Chipper, for this team to get Chipper there in his last season as well as he's been playing, deserves a celebration. And I think if you wait until the postseason to celebrate and then you don't win, then you never get the chance to go back and appreciate what you did and how hard it was for you just to make it in the postseason. So take it when you got it. You know, and, and celebrate those big moments. I think that guy was completely out of line and just a jackass. Yeah, so. just just playing radio, you know, to get people yeah. to talk. But it was it was bush league, in my opinion. I agree. All right. So Kurt alluded to it a couple minutes ago. The Red Sox are twenty three games out of first place tonight as we record this, while the Braves obviously are making plans for the postseason. So after their parallel historic collapses last year, do Frank Wren and Freddie Gonzalez deserve big credit here hammy i i think they do i think they absolutely do and i think that um, by the flip side um you know john henry and larry lacino and all those other guys up here should be ashamed of what they did of you know of embarrassing um and the media had a huge piece to play up here of embarrassing francona on the way out blowing up the team um when they had a good team, they had good players, and you can see what faith in your guys. And this, and you know, and this is what Bobby was all about. Yeah. But faith in your people, sticking by them, understanding that you know sometimes it happens. There was no villains in the Braves last year, right? There was a lot of unfortunate things that happened, and, and certainly everybody wished they could have done better. I know Kimbrel wished he could have not blown that save, and I know Freeman wishes he could have not ground that double play, but. It just shows that the, the the character of sticking with your guys and what the Braves have become all about. There's something to that, right? And then and they were in that in that mindset was paid back this year. And I think the proof is in the pudding. Like I mean, I think Frank and Freddie deserve a lot of credit for not rocking the boat, freaking out, just coming back, doubling down, and but but not being completely blind. I mean, you know, Freddie. Saying not you know a couple of insights about not sticking with guys as long and trying to learn from last year, but not letting it define you. And the Red Sox, it let it, they let last year define them, and now they're going to have their worst record in in since like 1960 something. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Freddie came back and was better this year. Like F- Freddie let it and allowed it to make him better this year. We've admitted it begrudgingly throughout the season 
that Freddie has done a better job. And Hammy, Absolutely. to your point about you know Bobby and sticking with guys, you know Chipper, Chipper didn't wouldn't have to say anything about Freddie if he didn't think it for real because we know Chipper doesn't you know BS. But Chipper right. has made comments throughout about hasn't missed a beat. You know, you know, keeping things status quo here, and I don't think if if he didn't really feel that way about Freddie, he wouldn't say that. And Ren has tweaked the lineup with no money, as compared to the just gobs and gobs of money that the Red Sox have had. You know, have and and look at the result. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Curtis, anything to add? Well, I, I and Hamilton would probably know this more than than I would, but I, it seemed like there that the Braves had a much easier decision, and I, I do think they deserve a lot of credit because it could, could have very easily um, played a big role. The psychological impact of that last year could have certainly carried over, and they they didn't allow it to. And and with the Red Sox, Hamilton obviously they had the issues with the the fried chicken beer gate that was going on up there and yeah and that was an older team that team had had success i mean the braves with this you know they made it a couple of years ago but that was a flawed team that team had that team had obviously the 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 issues with the hurt players so they didn't even this team has not had the opportunity to compete on a on a even level if you will even last year you know you had the issues when they in the last month of the year where you had low was awful you had all the starting pitching that was down you had the 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 bullpen that was totally worn out and very very young on top of all those things so to the credit that they completely deserve freddie and and frank held this thing together and they should and and and, uh, you know the red sox do you think francona if coming he coming back to the red sox do you think that they would have been they might not have been this bad but do you think that they would have been all that much better I think better than they well, they certainly would have been better than this year. I mean, I think that he was just a stabilizing factor. Um, they have good players. I mean, is well, he they, make... I mean, Bobby Valentine is just a terrible man. Yeah, Valentine lost the clubhouse the second he um, got hired. When when when, when yeah. he when he criticized Euclid, <clears throat> you know, I mean, yeah. I think he lost the clubhouse at that point. Yeah, and I think that and they, and they're in disarray. I mean, and it's just a big disaster show up here. But I think that. I don't know. I think you don't lose Crawford because I think that Crawford's a little bit of a head case, and I think that maybe Francona has a chance to win him over. Uh, I mean, you're not going to make John Lackey a good pitcher. Um, you know, Beckett <laughs> was still going to be old. They're still, they still had some major flaws, but I definitely think, looking at it, they would have been better off keeping n- not blowing everything up. I think that they may, do they make the postseason? I don't know. Do they reach the potential of their payroll? If there's any way to measure that, I don't know. But are they better this year than trying to sort of? And they're not. But they didn't even reset. They're not like let's go and let's blow up like, you know, a team like the Marlins were when they you know give up a bunch of their great players up until you know very late in the season. Um, so so I, I I don't know. I mean I think that they they did the wrong thing obviously. All right, guys, the other huge news from this weekend was, of course, Chipper's final regular season homestand and the Chipper Appreciation Night this past Friday. I was lucky enough to be there Friday night, and it was spectacular. You know, there was, like, there was something much more meaningful to it for me as a fan compared to the other celebration nights I've been to, like for Maddox and Glavin and Smolt. And I think it's, you know, it was this rare situation where we were celebrating a guy who's still on the team. 
you know, was sitting up there in his uniform and getting ready to play 20 minutes later. It just added an element to it. You know, and, and the other thing is that the fact that, that the Braves had, had made it into the postseason, I mean, imagine this whole chipper farewell thing, especially this past month, if the Braves were 10 games out. Like, it would have yeah. been nice and it would have been exciting and there still would have been a ton of people there this weekend. But there would have been a bittersweetness to it that there's just this element of we're celebrating this guy and he's contributing and, That's the other and thing. we're going somewhere, you know, with this right. guy. Not only are the Braves doing well, but Chipper has played, I mean, he's played in a lot of games, more than any of us thought he would, yeah. right? And, 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 and consistently, not without, you know, no major stretches of being gone. Um, it's been, a, I mean, it's been... A storybook ending. There's, it's, there's no, you know, it's all going to sound cliche when you talk about Chipper at this point. But um, we're not going to. We. I don't think any fan going forward is going to have the fortune. I mean, you're going to have Jeter, right? And Jeter is because he's in New York. It's there's that huge nor- Northeast bias. But beyond that, no fan is going to get to appreciate a player like Chipper in the situation like we're appreciating him now, probably ever again. Ever again? Yeah, I agree. Um, and and it, yeah, and it's very fortunate, and it's like the stars have aligned, you know. And, and what's great is that Chippers had has been able to contribute to that as well. Yeah, you know. And and the pregame ceremony was great, you know. You know, Pete Van Weeren was up there emceeing it, and you got you know Hank Aaron up there, and and the Murph, and you know Sherholtz and Wren and all that stuff. Um, but what was best was Chipper. I mean, Chipper was. Chipper was so good up there, you know, thanking his kids and his parents and all that stuff was great. But then, you know, he finished up with thanking his teammates. And again, it just brought home again how close that clubhouse is as he was looking over into the Braves dugout and talking to his teammates. And then he ended it with thanking the fans, which is exactly what you should do. And it was so clearly genuine. Um, It just was it, it really was a terrific, terrific night. Um, yeah, and it goes, and it just go to the, the second thing we talked about with the guy criticizing um, the the guys for celebrating. Like you think about last year, how down they were. We all talked about how disconnected they were, and just like the, it's such a ghost town in the dugout. Like they just deserve. They the, these guys care for each other such genuinely. Like they deserve that moment. You know, and then I think Chipper just epitomizes it that in that speech is that there's a lot of really goodwill on this team that is palpable. Yeah, they all can, want yeah. everyone. They all want each other to do well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So finishing up with Chipper, guys, over the years, specifically through the 2000s, there was palpable anti-Chipper sentiment here in Atlanta anyway. Do you think this year and the farewell tour that we've seen have put an end to all that, Curtis? Yeah, I think so, and, I, and I'm sure we're just as guilty as other people were kind of heaping on him, I probably more so than anybody else. I mean, there was a time when he you know, he was getting hurt all the time, and he just was not performing, and, and we were questioning his leadership because the team wasn't playing all that well. There were several years where they were just quite bad, and uh, you know, for him to be the iconic character that he is and the captain of the team for so long, you just wondered where his leadership was and all that. Um, but it certainly has come back and flourished these last couple of years. I, I, I give full credit to Chipper. Um, we saw it when he got hurt a couple of years ago when he tore his knee up in Houston, how the team really could not respond to that. Um, and we've seen it this year. I mean, he's really 
done so much for this team. It's it's just been amazing. I mean, the big hits and just propelling them, just playing. It was reading at the beginning of the year when when he you know had missed a time and was coming back, and they wanted to send him to uh, Gwinnett to have some at bats before he came back to the major leagues. And he said, "No, it's just just throw me in there." And so the first game back, you know, that first series back, he just he just hammers the Astros the whole series. And, and, you know, we're talking about, it's just amazing what he can go out and do. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just been fun. I mean, it's just really been fun to, to be part of this season and watch him. And, and certainly my, my attitude has changed to the point where I'm kind of worried about the team next year without his presence there and out without his leadership. Seriously. Um, so yeah, it's, it's certainly erased all that for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not anything that I really experienced. I was not as down on Chipper as some folks, but I think that it was easy, especially through the 2000s, with all the awful postseason exits. And, Chip, you know, Chipper is different these last couple of years than he was in 2005 or 2006. I mean, we can't rewrite all that history. Chipper was much lower energy, you know, that sort of deep voice and that, Man, it's tough, you know. So you know, like I mean, his, his a, a lot of his interviews in the mid two thousands didn't have a lot of emotion. He is a mu- you're getting much more of his emotions on his sleeve these last couple of years. I think he's just more comfortable being public about his leadership role. Anyways, I think he probably was always a bit of a leader in the clubhouse. Um, but yeah, it's it's just so obvious now what he means to the team. To look back on ever questioning his heart or, you know, his his devotion to the team or anything just seems silly at this point. Yeah. I mean, see, you, hit it, you just hit it for me. It was a question of, you know, is this last season, because he's been doing so well and because it's been his farewell tour and it was announced, right, so it was, it was planned, is, are we seeing a different chipper because of that? Are we just being – is it easier for us to see the chipper that's always been there because of that, right? Because in, and I think it's the latter. I, do, I totally agree that, we, you know, that the Braves lacked leadership. Or it was easy to, to, to blame chipper for what – when we seemed rudderless as a team, when we didn't have – you know, it didn't seem like we had resolve – and it didn't seem like we we were the you know sort of masters of our own fate. Yeah. Um, and then you would get sort of empty, soulless sound bites from Chipper, and and you know and and so it was just easy to point to him and say, and and to you know anti-Chipper sentiment to be frustrated with him to want more from him than he was giving you. And I think what we've seen this year is is just that. It's allowed – it's reminded – for me, it's reminded me that he has been that person all along and that um, and that we're, I'm going to miss the hell out of him. Like he's – and again, like we're never going to see another chipper. I worry about the, the leadership on this team. I worry about the identity of this team. You know, who do they – I mean it, it, when they start showing if we get Sunday night games, which we will because we're a postseason game – on ESPN, who's going to be on the the teaser? Is it Medlin? <laughs> you know, who's going to be? I mean, is it McCann? Yeah, I think the easy answer is McCann. By the way, or Hayward, maybe. Yeah, Hayward. It's too. the easy answer, but and and I think and we all said that McCann was the next leader. We've had a number of shows where we've talked about right. that very thing, but he's no chipper. I mean, it's trying to replace Bobby with Freddie, right? I mean, right. it's just it's he's going to leave such a hole that. 
So I'm I'm glad I w- I'm I'm glad that this last season has happened the way it has to remind us of how great Chipper is and the articles. I mean, just like the Jason Stark articles and um, every every blog, every major media outlet, the the homage that they're paying to Chipper has been so fantastic. Yeah. It just re- you know, it's just been so great. I want it to go on forever. Yeah, gratifying as a fan. I agree. I'm I'm I, I'm going to miss him more than I ever imagined I would. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to the Dan Strugglometer, where we look back at Dan's stats for the past week and see if they can get us excited for October. All right, <laughs> a good week for Dan. Six for let's 18. try it out. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Six for 18, one double, one homer, three walks, four strikeouts. So pretty good. I mean, really one of his best weeks in forever. Um, and a clutch hit, that clutch single. Yeah. Two run single, yeah. That's right. Um, so I thought I would look back at his entire September, and his September was good. 23 hits in 82 at-bats, so it was like a t- high 280s batting average. <clears throat> Excuse me, two doubles, two homers, 13 walks, 16 strikeouts in September, an on-base percentage in the high 380s. Look, let's just keep this Dan for October, and it's as, it's as good as we could ask for, you know? I mean, he, he it, really did yeah. will himself to just turn it around. It's unbelievable. He figured something out. And I feel like the thing where you have optimism there is that his strikeouts are down yep. for him, right? So 16 and 80-plus at-bats. So I think the power is going to come because two homers is not a lot for him, right? I mean, for a guy who's a 30-homer guy. Um, but I feel like if he can just keep this mindset – be patient that the power will come and that he – I just see some clutch homers from him in the postseason, knock on wood. And and hopefully they all come Friday. <laughs> yes. we have, I know and I, and I know that I've been a defender of the one-game wild card and I know that – but it does seem – it does seem sort of unfair that it comes down to that. Let's just not and play all the that game, pressure. I mean, let's just flip a coin. How would you like that? I th- that seems a little, <laughs> seems a little more random. Well, just a little more random, slightly more random. Um, but so, uh, well, we have the ugly. I have a question about Medlin, but let's finish on the ugly thing. But please come back to me to talk about Medlin. Okay, I think we're done with with ugly. What, what do you got? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that. Do you think, Curtis? You talked about this uh, early on in the show. Um, wanting Medlin, you didn't say you wanted Medlin to lose because none of us did, but wondering if the pressure off of Medlin, you know, now that he's got the record, but I mean, is there more pressure on him on Friday? Do you think it bothers him at all? Or do you think it works in his favor to have that 23 team game winning streak behind him going in to the game, do you think it puts more pressure on him that he doesn't need, or do you think it's like, yeah, he probably doesn't notice, which I think, I, I don't know. So what do you guys think? I don't think he pays mind to it at all. Uh, I mean, just from what I've gathered from reading about him and, and you know, them talking about how he's out there dancing on the mound, and he does some funny little jig. If anybody has not seen it, you should see the, the dance he does with um, Eddie Perez before he walks out of the bullpen when he's coming in to warm up at the beginning of the game. It's quite hilarious. But, uh, I yeah, I just don't think he's – I think he's unflappable. And I to me, honestly, he lost the game. To the Marlins, uh, he didn't lose it. The, the team didn't lose 
but he lost that game, so I'm hoping that you know he bounces back today. He totally dominates the Mets today. Totally dominates. Um, so I, to me, that that was almost like the loss happened, and he can he can kind of move on, even if there is some sort of mental thing that that was playing some role in any of it, because that was the night that he tied. Whitey Ford and all those guys. So Hubble, I think, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think that that, I think we've cleared that hurdle. Frankly, I agree. I mean, the, you know, for one thing, what you said. I mean, that that's been one of the great parts of the Chris Medlin narrative since he came back is how it just doesn't affect him and how unflappable he is. All that stuff. The other thing is, I, I just, I cannot equate this to like, um, you know, the Patriots going undefeated and feeling like, God, if they had just lost one of the games midseason, it wouldn't have been so much pressure in the Super Bowl. You know, I I just don't think it's like that. To to me, I I just don't think it has any bearing. All right. So, so guys, let's move on to good sign, good sign, if you see what I did there. Whoa. Um, Yeah. So, look. Wait, 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 wait. I got to scratch all these bad signs out. Hang on. (laughs) Exactly. Kurt, throw away that sheet of paper. So good sign, good sign, postseason edition, where we're going to focus on what looks good heading into the postseason. Curtis, start us off. Um, I circled everything. <laughs> there you um, go. I mean, I, honestly, when when you go through the week that we just had and the guy with the highest ERA on your team is Chris Medlin for the week, <laughs> that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good sign. That's a pretty good week. Um, I, I was – texting with one of my buddies and i you know i don't remember the braves and glavin mentioned it today but that they've just been kind of going into the playoffs on such a hot streak now maybe back in the 90s when they were just so good and so dominant that they went in playing so well but it wasn't like it was it was anything different from over the course of the season that they were so good that they just plowed through everything and that going into the postseason was just part of it and you weren't building up to anything um we talked about a couple of years ago when they went into the season series against the giants and all the problems they had at the end of the that year with all the injuries and everything else and glavin said you know when you'd have these huge leads like they used to have in the nl east that it would be tough sometimes to get them cranked back up because you're coasting you know you're just out there kind of throwing your middle in the field and playing and you're so good that you're beating everyone but your 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 mindset you kind of start to relax because there's not that pressure on you and you're not building up and trying to fight through it and it was good that we kind of get close to the nationals if they could keep fighting for that because they've had such a huge lead for the wild card um but yeah i mean our record in september the best our team era the best our starters era second best bullpen era the best we've talked about ugla him picking up whatever he's batting this month. I mean, it's like he's arced back up from where he was. Simmons not missing a beat from being hurt, coming back, yeah. playing, standing. I mean, it's crazy. I, I've totally bought into it. I've, I've not bought into this many Atlanta slash University of Georgia teams this big in a long time. I've totally bought into the Falcons, especially after today. I've totally bought into UGA, and I have completely 100% bought into the Braves. They're as good as any team in Major League Baseball. They can win the World Series just as easily as anybody else. And there's frankly no reason why they shouldn't. So there you go. Wow. Yeah, Curtis. I agree 100%, man. I don't know. Steve, Steve, you sound just like Kurt. <laughs> 
You know, the only thing I'd add is that Bourne came back after his thumb sprain today and, what, had two hits? I know he had one hit at least, but looked good. I mean, I agree, man. It's, uh, I, I, I was talking to, to my wife about it tonight as I was heading back here to do the show. I was like, this is like no other show we've done in the history of the podcast where, you know, there's no reason why we can't win the World Series. I mean, I said, I, just like what you said, Kurt, I said that to my wife like 45 minutes ago. You're absolutely right, man. This is, everything is clicking. I, I, I worry, just to, just not to throw a damper because I totally agree, I, wor- I still worry about the offense disappearing, especially when we have a, a do-or-die situation. Like, the, like to giving, you know, two runs here, like, the, they can get anemic at times. Um, you know, and we're winning a lot of games where we are out hit, which is fine, and I'd rather win. Um, but the one concern I have is, like, dear God, don't, at least on Friday, you know, if we're going to have a game one or game two where we, we go a little cold, that's fine, where we might be able to come back from it. But, like, that's the, that's the only thing is where, I, where you know, somebody gets – they get two runs early or we're in a one nothing game and, you know, like Hudson. And you give one bad pitch or you're left in there too long and, and some guy hits a home run and all of a sudden that's your season. That's the only thing – not to put a damper because I totally agree that we, can, we are just as good if not better than every team that's going into the postseason. Just as clutch. We have a better bullpen. We have a better closer than anybody in baseball. Arguably a better starter. I mean, we have all the pieces. It's just that we have that knack to go cold, and I guess every team does. But Yeah, I guess my counter to that, Ham, because you're right. I mean, September, it's not like we led the league in runs scored in September. What's What's been great about September compared to August when there'd be these horrible cold streaks is they've still figured out a way to win it. The pitching plus the, you know, enough offense that they've put up there keeps winning games. You know, it, it just feels like they figured something out a little bit this month compared to earlier in the season. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Ham, I hear you. I mean, that, that, there's always that, and they're, and the pitching is going to be awesome that they're going to have to face. But you know, I mean, we just beat, we just went up to Philly and beat Hamels and no, no, Halliday and Lee. Yeah. Halliday and Lee. We beat Gio Gonzalez. You know, I mean, we've we've beaten some of these guys. I know. I know, no, I know I, that this know. week is a little skewed because we did play the Marlins and we did play the Mets, who are not the best of teams in the world. We beat Josh Johnson. You know, I mean. But the, and and Steve's right. I mean, the pitching that was the, that was the overriding thing with me is that there was just this fear that um, and it could all you know. I mean, there's there's guys that have pitched amazing out of the bullpen that could be totally shaky. I mean, Chad Durbin could be awful in in the postseason, and and Freddie rely on him one too many times. Christian Martinez has shown himself to be really bad at times. Um, Johnny Venters. I mean, there's plenty of guys out there that make you a little nervous when they're brought into the game. But, I, you know, for whatever reason, I'm just – and I know it's completely unlike me. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – I feel very different about this team than I've felt about the Braves. I mean, I used to feel like in the 90s that the Braves were going to win the World Series, that they that there was no better team, and right. they, they never did. Um, but this is – I just feel there's, there's just something about this team, even more so than with, like, the last season of Bobby. Because all Bobby could do, and it's been said a thousand times, is manage the team, you know. But Chipper's out there, and there's something about it. I mean, it's just – it's 
it's palpable, you know. Right. I mean, the, 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 he's propelling them, and they're propelled off, you know, they're propelling him too. I mean, it's this kind of group effort. I mean, David Ross getting a huge three-run homer today. I mean, it's just all that Freddie Freeman hitting that. I mean, it's, it's everybody contributing. Bourne, definitely we need him to do huge things in the postseason. He has to have a gigantic postseason. But, I mean, Prado's right there. Prado's as good a player in baseball. So... Yeah. I hear you, dude. I hear you. A hundred percent. I hear you a hundred percent. Good sign, good sign, Hammy. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to the postseason hope meter, NL East edition. Right? The wild card's done. So let, let's look at the NL East. So on a scale of 1 to 10, we rate the chances the Braves get into the postseason via winning the NL East. So the math is pretty simple, guys. The Braves need to win out the final three games, and the Nats need to lose their final three to force a one-game playoff on Thursday. How insane mm. and taking work off would that be? Um, <laughs> and then the loser would then play the Cardinals. The loser would then play the one-game wild card that next day. That's right. Have the Nats playing in this final series? So, yeah, so before we chime in, the Braves are going to throw Mahalam, Hansen, and Hudson – could be a problem. Um, the Nats are going to throw Chin Min Wang, uh, Gio Gonzalez, and Edwin Jackson. Against who? I didn't. You know, it doesn't matter. And I didn't look it up, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So, Kurt, what do you think about the NL East at this point? Um, one. <laughs> Hammy? Yeah, I, I, I got to think the same thing. Like I, um, and I'm trying to see if I can look up who it is for tomorrow. But um, I, I, you know what? I don't know if I want it to be it's honest. The Phillies. With you. It's the Phillies. Yeah, I don't know if um, at home against the Phillies. I, I mean, I guess I would like it. I would like it because then we'd have two games. You know, we'd only have to win one of two game, one game playoffs, as opposed to just the one. You know, only having one shot instead of two shots. But, um, but I think the chances are improbable. The, the Nats are going to win one of those games. Well, that's um, the thing. I mean, I, 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 as I think about it now, I should have looked it up. But when was the last time the Nats lost four games in a row? Because they lost today. Right. And it was probably not too often this season. Yeah. But it's and exciting. So I think- it is exciting. It is exciting. And it's Lannon. It's Lannon, Gonzalez, and then whoever else. Really? Lannon, Gonzalez, Edwin Jackson? ESPN had Wang, Gonzalez, Edwin Jackson. That's interesting. Yeah, Washington's website has Lannon, Kendrick as the opening game. So, we, you know, beyond even the Nationals not losing, God only knows who the Phillies are going to throw out there because their season's over, so they can be, you know, Ryan Halliday's done. call-ups. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're not even Howard, announcing Howard their is, starters yet. Howard is done for the season. Right. He broke his toe in the on-deck circle. So, um, yeah. So there's a lot of factors that we have no control over. And so I'm, yeah, Hansen. I'm at a one. Hey. Hey. Hanson won. He was a good sign this week. Yeah, okay. All right, guys. Let's finish off with our prediction for the only what, game see, that... What did you say? What's that? I said a one. Did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the only prediction that really matters this week, the one-game playoff against the Cardinals. Chris Medlin against most likely Kyle Loesch. I mean, the, the Cardinals haven't announced it yet, but everything I read, it seems like Loesch will be the guy. I can't see them 
throw in Chris Carpenter. He's had two starts. He's he's going Tuesday anyway. Oh, there you go. So, what do you say? Hammy, let's start with you. What's going to happen? Predict as much or as little as you want for that Friday game. Oh, gosh. Um, We're going to win 17,500. No, wait. (laughs) You sound like my six-year-old. I know, totally. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I, I can only – listening to the show, I can only think that we're going to win, right? <laughs> um, I, think that, I think that we're going to get a big run early, and then Medlin is just going to – I feel like we're going to get a – we're going to score early in like the first or second inning, and then Medlin's going to buckle down. He's going to go – Seven. He's going to go eight, and then Kimbrel's going to come in for the close. And we're not going to have to see any of the bullpen guys. Um, although I don't know if Freddie will let him do that, Willie. Depending on the lead, yeah, because he'll probably want to keep keep him rested. So maybe we'll see O'Flaherty. Um, but I feel like it's going to be a close game. But I, I do feel like um, I have total faith in in Chris Medlin and and that we're going to score a clutch run and shut him down. Curtis. Yeah, um, I say we win four to two. All right. I'm amazed that they don't just call up some total bum left-hander from their Triple A team <laughs> and just pitch him. It's but not yeah. a bad strategy. Um, yeah, no. yeah, I mean we are winning that game, and we're going to win it five-one. Medlin will go seven. Yeah, and then we close it out with a Flaherty and Kimbrel. I mean, it's happening. It's just, it's just happening. Uh, and I can't wait. And uh, if anyone's going to be there, you know, send us a send us a tweet or jump on our comments board or our Facebook page, and and you know, we we'd, we'd love to meet up with you. I know I'm going to be there, Curtis. I don't know if you're going to be there. Um, uh, not at this moment. If something comes up, then I will certainly make my best effort to get down there. But at this moment, it is a no. Yeah. All right, folks, so look, um, we're not exactly sure when our next show will be, because if we're right with all our predictions, then games one and two of the NLDS will be in Atlanta Sunday and Monday, and we're not going to take an hour out to record the show while, while the games are on. Um, so, you know... Just- oh, knowing, knowing the way to play, well, there'll be like 11 a.m., Knowing the way that they do the Braves in the National League in the postseason, yeah, we'll have an 11 a.m. game on Sunday. And who knows? I mean, we haven't talked about this, but you know, maybe we do a Saturday show. I don't know where you guys are. We don't have to talk about it now. But I mean, so in any event, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, check our site. We will try to communicate when the next show will be. And uh, that's it. All right, everybody. Go oh, Braves! Yeah, let's start with the Go Braves. Um, <laughs> Check us out at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com for past shows. To check out our blogs, to post in our comments section, be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk and on Facebook. Big week, everybody. Cannot wait for Friday. Thanks for listening, and go Braves! Thanks for listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. To find new shows, to post in our forum, or to send a comment, please visit us at atlantabaseballtalk.com. Had to admit the problem, it's a hard thing to admit. Had to get on the program, it ain't an easy road when you quit. Had to make peace with my enemies, accept the power greater than my... 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.